0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hengst, and Today is November 19th, 2020, which means I'm on day 341 of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Well, folks, another tragedy has befallen the Brown family. Bobby Brown Jr. has died at age 28. Which means now Bobby Brown Brown Sr. has lost two children in a very short time span. One being his 22-year-old daughter, Bobby Christina, who was found unconscious in a bathtub having overdosed on cocaine and a mix of other drugs, and was left on life support for several months before she passed away in 2015. Similar to the way her mother died, Whitney Houston, also known as Witless, was found dead after an overdose in her bathtub, and now Bobby Brown Jr. was found dead in his house We haven't heard anything about a bathtub yet, but I suspect some sort of foul play occurred considering he was very young at the age of 28. That's, you know, natural causes most likely were not the reason behind this, which means Bobby Brown has just dealt with so much heartache in his life. His family, anyone attached to him in any way, has a very high possibility of being on cocaine or crack or something that will kill them. And I would say just stay away from it. You know, what a tragedy. Rest in peace, good sir. Rest in peace. What was once known as Seahawks Stadium and then became Quest Field and then became CenturyLink. Stadium will now be known as Lumen Stadium. Yes, once again, the Seahawks home stadium in Seattle has changed its name because of a name change occurring within the company that owns the rights itself. Now, long ago, it was just called Seahawks Stadium, but then a company came around and purchased the rights to the name big-time cable or digital telecommunications company, Quest, who then got purchased by CenturyLink, a company that was a little bit bigger and was willing to pay a hefty amount for the rights to the name. Now, the same company that owns CenturyLink is simply changing their name to Lumen, which they may as well Go all across the board, and anything they own that has the CenturyLink name attached to it should be changed up too, and that includes CenturyLink Field. So from now on, starting this Thursday, that's today, against the Arizona Cardinals, the Seahawks will be playing at Lumen Field. I will be watching that game, and I do not give a crap what they call the stadium, the field, anything. I simply need a Seahawks W against the AZ Cardinals, who I cannot stand. Go Seahawks! Yay! Now folks, as we speak, Bitcoin has reached around $18,000 per token. That is ridiculous. There is nothing more I can say to you about this except you should have bought in when I told you to buy in. You would have so much money now if you simply bought Bitcoin earlier this year when it was less than $10,000. In early March, Bitcoin was at $3,000 and something. So just consider this. You buy three Bitcoins at $3,000 and pay $9,000. Then it goes up to $18,000 And your $9,000 has turned into $54,000 in six months. No, in seven or eight months. doesn't really matter. In less than a year. In less than one year, you make $40,000 off your investment. That's what you need to be doing. Listen to me when I tell you, cryptocurrency is the way of the future. Decentralized money transactions that is not real money because it's fiat currency but it doesn't matter. Decentralized cryptocurrency exchanges is the way of the future. It is not controlled by a bank. It is not controlled by one individual or the government. It is simply an open source ability for you to make a ton of loot And, hey, you know what? Without people all agreeing that Bitcoin's worth money, it would be worth nothing. It has nothing to back it up. It has no government backing. It has no gold or silver behind it. It's just that everyone knows it should be worth something. So we all agree. And now, somehow, it's $18,000 per coin. So if you haven't bought in yet, maybe now's not the time. Because with it being at almost an all-time high, there's a chance that it may dip shortly after that. You know, buyers fear. People bought too much. They're waiting for it to, to break the bubble, to go too far, and then they're gonna pull back a little bit. When the pullback occurs, then you buy in again, or for the first time, if you never listened to me originally, and wait for it to keep rising. It's not gonna stop. It started at one penny in 2009. It's 18000 per coin now. So I don't see anything proving to me that it's going to be worth less in a year from now or in five years. So start buying in and start making money. If you don't have that much money, I don't. I don't have, I don't have $18,000. I'm not buying a Bitcoin. I don't have enough for a Bitcoin. Then buy some alternative coins. There's all sorts of altcoins out there. I have like 20 of them. And I've made money off all of them. In fact, most alternative coins seem to be rising as Bitcoin rises. So if you think I'm just crazy and I'm making this all up, download the Coinbase app. I'm not a spokesman for them. I don't work for them. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just telling you to do something that could make you money. Because I love you. And you listen to the Peter Gabbett podcast, which means... You've contributed to my life in some way, not monetarily, but just listening gives me hope that I can do something in my life other than the work I do and instead do podcasts as a professional career. That would be great. And I'm telling you, in return for that, how to get rich. So do it. In a three-way trade between the Nets, the Pistons, and the Clippers, the Clippers have traded Landry Shamet for Kennard, Luke Kennard, some guy I've never heard of, who apparently has suffered most of his career with knee tendinitis and played a mere 28 games in one season. I mean, why would the Clippers trade for some injured bump? I don't even understand this. Landry Schammett is a solid 10 points a game player. We do not need to be trading away guys like this. This makes no sense to me. I don't understand it. What does make sense to me is the Phoenix Suns acquiring Chris Paul. Now that is fantastic for them. CP3 playing alongside Devin Booker. The Suns will be fantastic this year, I promise you. Now maybe they they just might barely make the playoffs and they might not make it past the first round. But even still, that will be exciting and fun to watch with a combination of CP3 and Devin Booker. In other NBA news, James Harden turned down a mega massive, what would have been biggest contract in NBA history with the Houston Rockets in order to hold out in hopes that he will be signed over in New York to the Brooklyn Nets with his old pal Kevin Durant. I mean, just imagine James Harden and Kevin Durant back together again, just balling uncontrollably in a way that we've never before seen. I mean, when Harden and Westbrook and Durant played together on OKC. Westbrook thought he was the leader of the team. Harden was kind of a background three-point shooter. He stayed quiet. He wasn't the 50-points-a-game sometimes. Amazing, just explosive player that the Houston Rockets know him to be. And I believe putting him back with Kevin Durant after these years of them just getting better and better and the Brooklyn Nets will absolutely be solid contenders in the East for the Eastern Conference Championship. Other than that, we're looking at the West Coast suffering another major blow with the Golden State Warriors possibly once again losing Clay Thompson before he ever came back. He apparently hurt his right leg after just missing an entire season with a torn ACL. Now, we know Steph Curry's supposed to be coming back. So, at least with Steph Curry, the Warriors could make the playoffs. The guy's so amazing, I believe, put him single-handedly on any team, and they're, they're able to make the playoffs. But in order for them to succeed in the West against teams like, I don't know, the Lakers who have LeBron James and stupid Anthony Davis with his fat unibrow that goes across his friggin' eyes. I obviously hate him. They are going to need a combo of both Steph Curry and Klay Thompson at the very least. And I truly hope this injury is not serious for Klay so we can get back in there and actually give the Lakers a run for their money because I just don't know if the Clippers are making the right moves to do what they should have done last year and easily beat anybody they faced and then run a train through the Lakers. I don't know what happened. The Clippers full on choked in the playoffs last year. Paul George, garbage. Get rid of him. But I don't they're making different moves that I, I just don't understand. It looks like they're trying to make some long term decisions with some young guys and build up or something, but they don't need to build up. They already have Kawhi Leonard. They have a star team. They just need to get rid of Paul George and get one guy who they can truly count on, both in the post and with outside shooting. There you have it, folks. A breakdown of the latest in the NBA. Luckily for us, the season starts in about a month. I mean, I know it just it's like we didn't even have a break, but I don't want a break anyway. I'm super excited about this. I cannot wait For another NBA season to begin, everything else is just boring. I mean, I know we have football. It's great. I know we have UFC. It's fantastic, too. But nothing is more exciting than NBA basketball. (laughs) Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that we have been missing the last few episodes. And you're going to miss it again. Because I've had a request from a fan to do another list, this time, of the 10 best sandwiches. I'm a food guy. I am the ultimate foodie. In such a way that, you know, if it's a sloppy, greasy, hearty, full meal in some middle-of-nowhere, country-style cooking restaurant, I'm gonna love it. But if it's a hoity-toity, yuppie, upper-class like painted onto a plate, 17 different forms of garnish type meal, I might love that too. So my foodie spectrum goes across all boards. I'm, I'm down to eat anything. I just don't eat prepackaged, preservative packed, canned goods or things in a bag. As much as possible, I try to avoid this stuff. But when it comes to sandwiches... I am a low-down, classic, American 90s sandwich lover. And I have a list for you of the 10 best sandwiches, in my opinion. And I think we will agree on most of these. I'm going to start with number 10, like I always do. A Reuben, folks. A pastrami or corned beef. Doesn't matter which one, they're both great. Reuben. Nothing is better to me than pastrami thinly sliced on any bread, really. Rye bread, it's not my favorite bread. I don't I don't love rye bread. It goes really well on a Reuben, it just does. It's got almost a little spice to it from the rye. It goes good with a Reuben sandwich. They chose the right bread for that, I, I assure you that. Swiss cheese on there, yes, please. Either Thousand Island or Russian dressing, Russian traditional, Thousand Island, fine, I'll accept it, and sauerkraut. It's got to be sauerkraut. There is no Reuben sandwich without sauerkraut. Now, I'm German, so I love sauerkraut, and I just recently learned it's basically cabbage that's satin fermented with just salt. Yeah, you add salt to cabbage, draws out the liquid, sits in its own liquid, ferments, and becomes sauerkraut number 9 on the list of best sandwiches lobster roll or po po boy i never say it right po boy po boy po poi doesn't really matter lobster roll is one of my favorite things to eat in the world it's just a very rare thing to find People aren't just rolling around with fresh lobster. It doesn't make sense. Lobster is expensive. It doesn't keep well. And, you know, not a lot of people want to buy a sandwich for 12 bucks. But I totally will if it has some delicious fresh lobster. Whatever mix of mayonnaise-based, just delicious sauce you want to mix the lobster in. It doesn't even matter to me. It can just be lobster, to be honest. But, you know, it usually has a little bit of citrus in there, too. And that's all you need in life to enjoy a delicious lobster roll or po'boy sandwich. Number eight on the list of best sandwiches, according to me, a gyro. Now, I don't know why this is called a sandwich. To me, it's more of a wrap or a pita scenario. I don't really know how to describe. But it's got the soft, pillowy, delicious pita bread and it's filled, if it's if it's done right, it's Greek lamb sitting on a spigot, spinning around all day, getting crispy on the edges and staying soft in the middle with so much flavor in it, and tzatziki sauce, and usually red onion, but I can't do it. It's just too harsh. It kills me. Lettuce, tomato, feta cheese. I mean, yes, please. I feel like stopping what I'm doing right now and going to find a gyro. This is making me really hungry. Coming in at number seven on the 10 best sandwiches list. A hot turkey open-faced or Thanksgiving leftovers turkey sandwich. You can't beat a turkey sandwich, folks. Come on. Turkey on bread is awesome. It just is. The open-faced style, I love it. Usually has gravy. You know, you eat it with a fork and knife, but it's still a sandwich or a Thanksgiving leftover sandwich, put a little of the stuffing in there too. You know, or dip a piece of bread in gravy and put it in the center and call it the moist maker like Ross Geller on Friends. Either way, hot turkey or Thanksgiving leftover sandwich wins number seven spot. Coming in at number six on the 10 best sandwiches list, a French dip. Delicious, thinly sliced, Ribeye, sitting on a hoagie roll with Swiss cheese. Sometimes people put a little bit of sauce on there of some kind, whether it's a mayonnaise-based sauce, or if it has a little bit of horseradish smear on there, that goes good. But it's all about the au jus, folks. If the ajou is salty, beefy, hearty, and warm then you cannot beat a French dip. I will massacre a French dip in minutes if it's if it's done right. Number five on the list of 10 best sandwiches. This is a classic sandwich. You might judge me for this. You might think it's not good enough to be on this list. A BLT. I'm sorry, but I grew up eating BLTs, which is why I have really high cholesterol. Bacon on a sandwich makes any sandwich superior to all others. A BLT is where it's at. I absolutely, I could smash a BLT anytime, any place. White bread, yep. I don't even usually eat just plain old white bread. But if it's a BLT, I gotta have it on white bread. The mayonnaise, I do it. The lettuce, I do it. The tomato, I don't need it. But it is an integral part of the sandwich for the most part. BLT number five. Coming in at number four on the 10 Best Sandwiches list. A grilled cheese sandwich. Seems very elementary. Seems like something a kid would say if he had a 10 Best Sandwiches list. But if you do a grilled cheese right, it will be amazing. Add some ham. Use multiple types of cheeses. Sprinkle some cheese with the butter on the outside of the bread, and get an extra layer of crispiness, you will be happy. I've even heard people put mayonnaise on the outside of it. I don't know about all that. I don't even think I've had that before. Still sounds good to me. Number three on the 10 best sandwiches list, according to Peter Hankst, a Philly cheese steak sandwich. If done right, it is very hard to beat a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. It has a long piece of bread, so you know you're getting a big-ass sandwich. It's got chopped-up, delicious, thinly sliced beef, which you know melts in your mouth 100%. Some people add grilled onions, grilled mushrooms, even grilled peppers. I'm okay with that. Some people add... A white cheese, which I also enjoy on a Philly cheesesteak. I I can do white cheese, but it's supposed to be the whiz. Hot, fake, yellow, bright yellow ass cheese that just melts all. Well, it doesn't melt. It's already melted. It pours. It literally pours all over the meat. So you are guaranteed a cheesy bite. Philly cheesesteak sandwich, if done right. Oh, man. My mouth is watering right now. Number two. We've got two left here, folks. Coming in at number two on the 10 best sandwiches list, in my opinion, a club sandwich. It has all the meats. You can't beat a club. You could name off all these other sandwiches, but all the meat from them is probably on a club sandwich anyway. Now, I've seen multiple versions of club sandwiches. To me, the triple-decker club Triple layer or triple decker, not triple dayer. Well, you can do it three days in a row if you want. You totally can. But a triple decker club is amazing. Ham, bacon, turkey, chicken if you want, roast beef. I mean, throw any meat in there. Nobody's going to be sad about it. It's a club. It usually has mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, Pickles, onion, whatever you want in it, really. This, the exception to this is a Subway club. Subway's disgusting. I'm not talking about Subway right now. That has nothing to do with a club sandwich, in my opinion. Number two, club sandwich wins because of the triple-decker version. Number one on best sandwiches, in my opinion, you already know what I'm going to say if you know me at all. A barbecue beef brisket or pulled pork sandwich. Barbecue sandwiches are the best sandwiches there is. Hands down, the best. You can add bacon to them, sure. I'm down with a beef brisket and bacon sandwich. Pulled pork with bacon, that's double the pork. You cannot go wrong with a barbecue sandwich. It's smothered in the best sauce ever created, barbecue It usually comes on a circular bun of some kind, brioche, if you want to go up there, if you want to go high class. I'm okay with an onion bun. Onion bun with some slow-smoked beef brisket that melts in your mouth, doesn't need cheese, does need barbecue sauce, and I like to slap some coleslaw right on top of the meat in between the bread, giving it some crunch, giving it some freshness, Nothing beats a barbecue sandwich, folks. One item I left off my list that, you know, I kind of regret it, is a Cuban sandwich. One of my faves. Probably number 11. But here you have it, folks. My top 10 sandwiches. Beef brisket, barbecue style, number one. Club sandwich, number two. Philly cheesesteak, number three. Grilled cheese, number four. BLT, number five. French dip, number six. Thanksgiving leftover sandwich, number seven. Euro number eight, lobster roll, number nine, and reuben, number 10. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. I appreciate each and every one of you, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Now, folks, I am an old soul. I might sound like a little kid when I talk because I'm obnoxious and I just tell it how it is, but truly, I'm an old soul which is why my sandwich list comprises of old school sandwiches, mostly from the 80s and 90s. But there's also a song that describes the fact that I am an old soul. What do you know? It's called Old Souls, and it's by GNE, the Grouch, and Eli. Here it is Old Souls. <music>
1: I know this place, been here before. Deja vu, energy source, vortexes, Texaco's too. Revisiting, yet so new. You ain't gotta explain to me. I use my ears to see in the rain to breathe. Amphibious, ambidextrous I am the wittiest, can't impress me with Mere mortal portals, take a look in my mind What force I'll scorch you Scalding, I'm balding, that don't mean I'm finished Just I almost know all things Draw strings, keep the cat in the bag What's it all mean? Let it out right now, told you at the lake Release, that's how I'm an old soul I'm an I'm an Keeps now, if life counts asking you that same you, question, the same the same you know, question. You ain't when is the lesson? Now, if life counts asking you, you know, that same, same question, you ain't when is the lesson? Now, if now use life counts you know, asking you that same you know, question, ain't when is the lesson? Now, if life counts asking you that know, same question, question? I threw a lasso around the sun when I was born I was ejected from the womb The soul awaits a ton the body life And torn away from God in such a way I cried on earth again My curse to bend my karma back to shape But just to work the pen Within my limbs I had my final date My destiny, the curtain call, the great But worst of all the great Burden of perfection on my slate It states, this man will make his case And find his ace of spades will be disgraced A face, the governing body of space With nothing to show for but a bad habit and some base So I work the field like a jackrabbit to fix my karma Intensify my aura to reflect off the seven seas A farmer, as the pass I said it In my younger days, without knowing my fetish to help man in a ton of ways Escape from Earth, the soul has been here many times Pisces, my lifeline, I've made mistakes of many kinds And I'll make more before I buy the form Cause Mother Earth's energy will pull me by the arm She charms me with the oceans and her promises of pleasure The soul is the treasure, I'll learn my lesson I'm an old soul I'm an old
0: soul
1: I'm an old soul Before we was forced on a slave ship to build a nation This soul was plated in gold, claiming a throne 500 years and still ain't been home, Still I ain't been home I found my lineage in a song, long play Listening to memories all day, blown Asked the brother how could he sell his soul, he said easy what you hone you don't own really? The knowledge you speak has been told Loops, life keeps repeating these notes okay. I see majors, somebody said they need paper to eat But a man shouldn't eat off bread alone I'm heading home, sooner or later the creator will call And I ain't about to be playing the wall nah. Facing my wrongs, Godspeed as I pace to the law Wondering if I should say grace or be making sala. the law Somebody said I got an old soul I'm just trying to figure out my role before the doors hey. close